So just follow it a little and see, and see. Just listen to what it says. All right, so here, presupposing. You know, supposing, yeah, but presupposing is interesting. It's a great word, use of the word. Presupposing, because that's exactly how it is with the selfing. The selfing implies that you're a self and then presupposes it. So it, it assumes that you, were, you are already here, yeah? It doesn't assume that you're a product of a, of a process. It is when the product, when the product of the process is being produced, and when it is produced, there's an assumption that it was before the processes or any processes. This is the trick with identification. It's different than a lot of other things because if something's really bothering you, you usually can move away from it. Yeah, but if you are that which is bothering you. Any moving away from it will be you moving away from it. What you're trying to move away from will be doing will be implied to be what's moving away from. You see? So you get stuck in this little Chinese thumb torture. So it says presupposing the existence of a non existent thing. So how we present the selfie, we're presenting the idea that the sense of being a body the body is really non-existent. It's something moving through the body that lends it existence, but it's not the body, just like the body's not really seen, but the body has lenses that will facilitate seeing when consciousness moves through the body, yeah? And if it moves through this gate, consciousness experience, what it triggers as an experience will be seen. If it moves through the ear, it will be hearing. If it moves through the the finger, the nerves, it will be feeling, yeah? If it moves through the tongue, it will be tasting. Yeah? If it moves through the nose, it will be smelling. Yeah? But the consciousness isn't defined by what it's moving through. Yeah? Only the experience that happens is defined by what it's moving through. So, the presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, so... All of non-duality or not-tuness is all about pointing to the imaginary thing, yeah? And then entertaining it that it may not be you. And then in the seeing that it's non-existence, that's all, that's the best you can do, basically. And then the grace is there and what things will happen. But you're never going to move towards the truth from the false. You're going to see the false, Yeah? from the truth. And that's going to relieve you of this bondage of self. So now you'll recognize there's plenty of movements, but those movements have nothing to do with you. The movements of thought, the movements of experiences and actions, they really have nothing to do with what you are. Yeah. So this presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for that imaginary thing. This is one of the major dilemmas, I find, that happens in what you would call spiritual seeking. Yep. There's an assumption that it's you that's uncomfortable, that you, that things are unbearable, and then there's an, a motivation to seek some relief for that, which is unbearable, but the real relief is from it. Yeah. From, not for, not through, not as, not by, but from. Yeah. So if this is the case that you want to get out 
you want to get salvation for this imaginary non-existent thing, you have to start and try to do so through what? What they call the paths of yoga, yeah? Or all the spiritual practices, or the new age stuff. Yeah? But with this template always in place, that there may be, when you're entering a process or a practice to get out of something, you may, that practice and process may be being used by the mental state to reinforce the idea that you're in something. See, this is, this is the template that doesn't get noticed often. Yet, that little bit of a hiccup will influence every other move. So, it's like the calibration of your foot is just a, a nano bit off. But let's say if you add 50,000 steps after that, it's going to be way, way missing the mark, yeah? Because it's going to go, whoa, yeah? So what, what, can, what could never possibly happen in time and space can seem to happen, and in time and space it can seem to have a huge influence on what's happening, that which that has never happened, yeah? Which is that you have become a thing. That's never happened, yeah? But it, it seems like it's happened, and therefore with time to see more and more like it happened, and space for it to do it in, it can get pretty, pretty convincing, yeah? So, you have to start and try to do so through the above-said four paths of yoga. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? This is, this is the dilemma. This is the dilemma that when people who are engaged or invested in certain things will get up very, very uh, upset sometimes because you're threatening their whole identity, in a sense, and their identity is that I'm a doer, yeah? And the situation I think I'm in, I can do and have myself out of it. This man is humbly saying, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. And he says it here perfectly. To, destroy, to, to, to try to destroy this imaginary thing by practices is to be just like a thief turning himself into a policeman to catch the thief who is none other than himself. Yeah. So this is sort of like stop, you know. Let this, let this sit in there and see if it seems rings true somehow to you on some level or another. Yeah? And that's the beginning, that's like the first chink in the false armor. Yeah? You're starting to see through the activity of selfing. Yeah? The active, because that's all there is, is an activity. There's an inferred, there's an implied, there's an assumption, there's a presupposing that you're this non-existent thing, and therefore, all your journeys, all your cruises start there. And the results of what you're journeying for end there. And if it ain't you, then something's off, yes? So if you're trying to get free from self as a self, like it says in recovery, that ain't possible. Or like Hoang Po says, a great Zen master, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. And if you need a little explanation, let's say you meet someone who's very seemingly clear and, and then you believe they're a good embodiment of a Buddha, 
Yes, and so you're going to seek what they say is the way, but in that seeking, your mental state may be using the seeking to reinforce the idea that you're not a Buddha. Without you being aware of it, you'll be trudging along thinking you're getting better and all like this, and maybe you are. But there will be a certain template or a weather front that you're not noticing, and this is it. There's a presupposing that you're something that you're not, and when that becomes your starting point, then the more effort and actions you do to follow that up, the more it reinforces the sort of quote-unquote mistake in some ways. Yeah. Now, when I was introduced to this idea, this really rang true for me because I had spent many years doing exactly that, which is being talked about here, which is I was trying to get out of self as a self. That's what I was trying to do. You know, it was as simple as that. What was causing me incredible discomfort was signing up for the trip out of itself with really no intention it knew it would never fucking work, so fucking bring it on. You know, stand on your head ten hours a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> really, it had no threat to it. It can gobble up experiences and realizations because its main modus, its main modus operandi is whatever it gets brought into contact, not through its own efforts, but through consciousness, it will claim, yeah, and it will use that to do what? To reinforce the presupposing of the non-existent thing as existing. That's what it does, yeah? It's sort of, it's not like a, (laughs) it's like a one-trick pony, because it realizes all I need is one trick, and the only place I need it to work is at at the beginning point, because if I could just move square three, into the square zero position, you'll think the game is totally different than if you start from square zero. Yeah? If I can make a new square zero, and then you start and finish there, it's going to look like all this, this makes a fucking whole lot of sense. I'm going to do it, have myself out of some condition I believe I'm in. Yeah. But this humble man said, hey, listen, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, it's nice, and then what occurs is, let's say, this to me implies that the solution, quote-unquote, is prior to the problem. So, if you see that you're not the one who has the problem, it doesn't matter how many problems you have, but there's a scene maybe just starting to that you're not that one who's having the problems, yes? You're now on to the solution. The problems are like a diversionary tactic. Let's get engaged in the problems and let's work ourselves out of the problems and get some relief and find lots of solutions, yeah? But if you see that you're not that which is having a problem or is the problem in a sense, then that's sort of seeing from the solution And from the solution's point of view, which isn't a point, from that view, you see that the the selfing is an activity. It can never reach its crescendo, which it believes it starts at, which is being a self. It's just impossible. I don't care how much you believe it, it's not going to make it so. It'll make it seem to be so, you know, for a stretch of time. But (laughs) it, it it can't... 
it can't continue endlessly because it would run into endlessness and that would immediately reveal that you're not that. So this whole idea is if you see what you're not, yeah, that would be like the solution. And the solution tells you there really isn't a problem. Yeah, it's an activity. It can, it can make a problem, in a sense, but it needs someone, some, some, some no-thingness, if you want to say it, to comply with it. And basically, it's really an advertisement that's constantly being played through the language, because we're hearing thoughts yeah, in the head as language, and as Ramana Maharshi says, his idea of mind is just thoughts. That's all it is. It's a smaller mind. Yeah. It's just thoughts. So the thoughts are being used to imply that you're the thinker. And you're the thought about. And because it's about us, there seems to be a, lewd, a large interest in it. Where we won't have the same interest about anyone else's thoughts about themselves. Yeah? Or that they're the thinker. We really won't. Even our kids, we can only reach a certain level. But after that very small sphere, we don't really care that much. Yeah? But we're very, very interested in the same thoughts that are happening in all these heads. If they're, thrown, if they're taken to be mine or about me, they have a lot of oomph. Yeah? But the attraction isn't in the thought. It's more a gravitational pull from the selfie, the mind. The mind pulls the thoughts into its little orbit, uses them with the idea of my thought, yeah, to enforce, to reinforce, to pre, to reinforce the presupposition, the implications, the uh, the false surety that you're that which is thinking, or you're that which is being thought about, yeah. One, if that's in place, it really doesn't matter on one level how you're thought of, actually. You know what I mean? Or if the thoughts are what you would say, good or bad, it's still being used to bond you as what we are to an idea of being that which we're not. A body. Yeah. And these, um, this man was basically saying, once you're relieved of that, you'll fall into a sense of being which isn't produced like the mental state, the mental state believes it can do and have itself into a being. I'm, I'm going to be better or this or that. But it can't. All it can do and have itself into is another mental state. It cannot become what already is. Yeah? There is no becoming being. Being is just being. There's no becoming and there's no I was once being and I will be being. No, there's none of that. There's just being, you know. Incessant on this no crescendo, no culmination, no beginning, nor end. Yeah? That's more of what we're like than what the mental state is offering. Yeah? So, if you can get to that point of seeing the exact nature of the wrong, you'll see the wrong isn't being produced by anything. Yeah? It's being produced by big M mind, yeah? by a certain identification as a body. It's like that big camera and the small camera. The small camera, you know, the big camera has this huge lens. It can go 360 degrees. It has tons of different aperture settings and stuff like that. It's widely expansive. And then it's walking around in camera world and it sees a small camera. And that small camera is like a cheap brownie. You know? It's got a very seemingly fixed 
uh, aperture, and it's on automatic, and its lens is tinted yellow. So everything you see through its lens looks like yellow. Yeah? It's not everything's yellow. The yellow's being projected onto things without you knowing it. You think you're in a yellow world, but it's the, it's the lens you're seeing through. Yeah? So here's the big mind. It starts looking through that. And what happens? Maybe he falls under an idea. Hey, he does it, after a short part, time of looking through the small camera, it forgets it's the, seemingly forgets it's the big camera. And now, because it's supplying all the vision, all the vision, all the seeing, the camera isn't, but it becomes identified with the camera. And now the definition of the camera's view becomes its definition. And what happens? Maybe like a malaise that comes over you or this, a deep dissatisfaction, you can't put your finger on it. Maybe you get everything you want, you still feel fucking unhappy. Maybe you get don't have anything and you still feel unhappy. It doesn't seem like fuck. I can't, I damned if I do and I damned if I don't. I damn if I lose, I'm damned if I win. So basically it's better to be winning so you think, all right, but only in comparison to losing. I mean, the opulence here isn't a. Tr- it's the opulence needs poverty to seem attractive. Yeah, <laughs> because you think, oh well, I'm better off than all those motherfuckers, so this must be great. But it's all comparison. There's no. I don't believe opulence does it for anybody. But opulence compared to poverty may go. Oh well, I'm fucking. I'm riding high. You see. The comparison makes it a lot better than it actually is. Yeah. So, this whole point, that's why every talk I've ever done, I've said the same thing hundreds of times, because when this downloaded in me, it explained a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> a whole many years of many, many years of many, many things. And I also saw how it's very applicable when you're introduced to non-duality. It will also do the same thing. Yeah? You'll want to do yourself into non-doing. You'll want to be, you'll want to have the attributes of non-self as a self. Or you want to be there to get it, or you don't want to experience your own absence. They're all ways of saying the same thing. But there's this, it's the same thing. The template doesn't, there's no golden, golden, gold fringed, way that it's going to, oh, I can't, that I'm forbidden there, no, whatever it comes in contact with, through us, it's going to claim and use to do what? To imply, to presuppose, to infer. Yeah? So you can do a lot of actions that sometimes are presented as a way out, but the, those actions may be actually reinforcing the belief that you're in something, see? And that is what I wasn't noticing until I noticed it. And when I noticed it, I've never not noticed it. Yeah. It's sort of like when I was young and I'd be at the I used to go to this mall when I was twelve in Roosevelt, Long Island. It was Roosevelt Fields. I don't know if it was in Roosevelt, but it's called Roosevelt Fields. And you know, I started the hormones were kicking in and stuff, and I wanted to go out and just see look at people and they look at me. And I thought I had my favorite outfit I used to go in, which was like these red corduroy pants and a, a gray long sleeve t-shirt. And I, my hair was starting to grow. I thought I was looking pretty cool, you know. And a lot of people would look at me and I was fucking just working. And then I'd do it for a while, for a few months. And then one of my friends had some compassion on me. He said, you know, Paul, you know those red pants you got? I said, yeah, you know, they're magenta. And you know that gray long sleeve shirt you have? I go, yeah, that's gray, that's pink. I said, and as soon as he told me the shirt was pink, 
and the pants of magenta, I saw them as pink and magenta, never to be seen as gray and red again, ever. I didn't have to go back into the closet and make sure. No, it was, they, were, they were pink and magenta. It would end the story. Yeah. But for three months, I was thinking they were red and gray. And I was assuming people were looking at me because I looked cool, but they were looking at the freaking, you know, the, the pastel activity I was representing. You know what I mean? So, but as soon as it was revealed to me, there was never a, what's that? What's what that? Really, you know, pink? No, it was pink and magenta. End of story. Yeah? This is sort of what it was like. You hear something that explains a lot of fucking activities that you were engaged with, and you, you miss this. You miss this idea that there may be a presupposing that you're a non-existent thing. Yet, it seems very, very small, but it duplicates itself every step of the way. So the more you do, yeah, and you're hopefully the doing is going to lead to freedom, the more it may be reinforcing the seeming bondage. It just may be. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. But in, a lot of, in my case, that was so. So when I heard this, it was, and it really hit me, it was like my spiritual pants fell down, and then I didn't, lift, I didn't pull them up for a while. I just left whatever I was doing. And I realized, yeah, thank you, really, an incredible gratitude. Now, was it all gravy? No, but at least something, something rang true, like an unspoken yes, it reverberated, and I felt like, wow, you know, and I've been entertaining it ever since. So all the solutions don't come after the problem. The, the solution is prior to it, yeah? Your inherent state is your inherent state. No matter how much shenanigans your mental state gets up with, it's never going to precede the inherent state. It comes later in this little parade of time. And it's never not going to come later, or how we used to say it. It's always going to be content. It's always going to be appearing in front of the camera, never behind the camera. Yeah? It's content, and what you are is context. Yeah? Now, on the experiential level, you sure seem like you're a content, you sure seem like you're an object, but these people are humbly once again saying, no, 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 no. Maybe, just maybe, you're not. And let's say, here you go, bro. I've thrown something in there. Let's see what happens if you entertain it. Yeah? Maybe it will lead you to freedom from the bondage of self and a real a, 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 a solution that's worthy of the term solution. What we call solutions now, if we really look at them, are not all that they've cracked up to be. You know, you ever notice that the solution seems that you got to do more, you got to do, a, you got to fucking turbocharge. You're constantly having to re up because it's almost like this never ending tide that's eroding your little spiritual beach. You can't seem to fight off the parasitical, the possessing mo movement because your door's wide open. <laughs> You've been taken already. <laughs> maybe the thing is, is like let's say as an extreme example alcoholism maybe it seems to be you know curtailed but it's very patient and it's just waiting for one little slip up yeah 
And once you start taking the thoughts to be yours, then that's usually, that's what they call about the insanity that precedes the first drink. The insanity that precedes the first drink is presented by the thought system. The problem resides in the, the mind, the smaller mind, yeah? And it's the thoughts. And I'm telling you, it's much easier to see thoughts as thoughts and not fall under their swoon than to try to combat your thoughts. Yeah. And especially try to combat your thoughts as the object of thoughts, which is the body. You're going to fight a losing battle. Yeah. Because the thoughts now define you. Yeah. You've lost your real definition. And now you're open to be directed to believe another condition. And we do. We believe we're a body. And we assume that we have power. And that's what's so frustrating. Because it's sort of like, if I'm running, it seems like I can stop. You know, I, know, I stopped running. So I ran, I started running at 2 o'clock and 2.47 I stopped running. Yeah, it sounds good. Or, you know, singing. I was singing for 20 minutes, but then it usually stops. But thinking doesn't play by those games. Yeah. Your thoughts just continue on and on. And they're like a forensic unit. They go back to past-seeming crimes, and they go over the same old fucking same old thing, all the, with this idea, this assumption that they can actually change what's happened. And has it ever occurred? No. Yeah. It's the dilemma of the mental state is that it's powerless. It doesn't have any real juice. That's why it's so busy trying to convince you, because you're the source of real juice. Yeah. Not as a body, but as big a mind. Why do you believe it's talking to you so much? Yeah. If it had the keys to the car, it was sitting in the passenger, the driver's seat, it would just drive. It would just fucking. It wouldn't be on constant yapping, you know. You know, they're out to get you, and yes, I've had enough, and oh, yes, this is the same old, same old. Oh, why don't you get fucking loaded, you know? Sounds very nonchalant, but as soon as it gets its foot in the door and you put a thought to an action, you're now totally beholden to that action. Yeah? So there is a solution. The solution is that there is no problem. You can't entertain that mentally. You just got to see it. If you see it, it starts getting traction in your life. How does attraction express itself? Over a long period of time, you'll be traveling later. And most people don't, you know, it's hard to have gratitude for what's absent, you know, because, you know, it's absent, but you don't know how fucking crazy you could get. You're lucky as hell being sober. Because I just heard one of the best stories ever, and I've been hearing stories for 28 years. This one was a novel story I heard from a similar person getting stuck in a similar place just with different manifestations. It would get an A-plus from manifestation. But same, same predicament. The thought system opens up to take over. The parasite takes over. The action figure uses it as transportation. You go to jail, it doesn't. <laughs> you get left holding the bag because you think you're the body, and the body gets jailed. Yeah. It's hell, really. So there is a solution. And why start, why go ahead unless this is clear? Yeah? Because this little, seemingly little miscalculation geometrically progresses when it has time and space to do it in, and it has time and space here. 
So a simple, that's why like one of the biggest heists I heard a long time ago about banks was where this group of people, what they did is they just stole like a quarter of a penny off of millions and millions of transactions. So no one noticed it, yet combined it was a big sum. Yeah, They just took, they weren't greedy, they just took a tiny little bit out of everything. But that little bit was a whole lot. Yeah, This is what the selfing is like. You let it in, whatever, you know. I've seen it. I've seen it in so many different gyrations. I'm in the world of recovering from alcoholism and addictions. I mean, it only has like three somersaults, but it just fucking repeats stuff in millions of different circuses. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. It's like so fucking boring in a way, but it seems to have a good trap that catches... It catches its prey, like, constantly. You know what I mean? It's like sort of, you know, a company that doesn't even need advertising anymore, like Kleenex, because you imply it's, you think Kleenex is all facial tissues. So it never has to fucking advertise, because it, it got you to identify all facial tissues as Kleenex. It's fucking, this is sort of what something's like. It's, all of the advertising budget has been just <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's already gotten you easily. <laughs> so, so I have a question today. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, like, I it's difficult for me to understand and put sometimes tangible, you know, a tangible experience or process something that's going on in my life, but like. In some ways, I, whatever it is, I can't, like when people ask me, you know, coming here, you know, it's hard for me to explain, but in some ways, like, it makes my day better, it makes me experience life in a different way, it happens. Yeah. And that's been great. I find myself, like, now, with a couple of struggles, um, which I'm trying to figure out how to, de you know, deal with one, um, you know, a friend, you know, that's in recovery, it's maybe drinking again and I'm trying to like be a friend and but I don't know like I, like it's a separation and I don't understand like I don't know what to do and I don't know I'm not asking for an answer I'm just trying to like some sort of insight and the other factor is you know I just lost someone um, super close to me from my brother and I'm you know yeah well, you know, you're going to feel a lot of stuff, bro. You're sober now. And a lot of that stuff was a defense of, about feelings. Yeah? And now you're going to have them. But the, the attitude of seeking guidance is the key. You're not going to work things out. Things will work out through you. Yeah? And seeking guidance is really, it's more of a negative. Just don't take your own guidance. <laughs> And then you'll be open to seeking guidance. It's sort of like, you know, our receiver, the dial, we don't even see it as a dial anymore. It's just stuck on K-Paul. Yeah? So you're listening to the golden oldie station. Yeah? So the seeking, the seeking guidance is a possibility we don't think is possible anymore because through the identification with that station, every, all other seeking starts from that station. You see? 
Well, so that neuters any kind of escape from the station because you're going to look at everything from the station and everything you meet is going to be brought back to the station that you'd like to get relief from. But this is more of a negation when you start just questioning like this basic state you feel like you're in. Yeah? That negation of the false is what allows the truth to become obvious. Yeah? It's the, it's the revelation of the false that allows the truth to become obvious in one's life. Yeah? Most people are starting from a false position trying to get to the truth. But the truth, in, from let's say when it's K-Paul, K-Paul is like unclear channel. It's a big franchise. Most people are saddled with it. But it's just different. It's always K, but with Ray, or you know, different names, but it's the same station, basically. And they, each station, like each franchise of the McDonald's thinks they're the McDonald's. <laughs> they're the only McDonald's. See, it's what's this very, they're the same. Yeah, so... So, if you see that maybe you're not that, then that your ability to receive and transmit gets freed, and you start receiving information, let's say, from a much larger modality of big M mind than self-centeredness. Actually, some of the downloads have nothing to do with self at all. They're just done, because that whole system has no idea of a self. It's just totally foreign. Yeah. So now, because what we do is we receive and transmit, and you, we usually transmit what we receive. So if we're receiving shit, we're transmitting shit. You know what I mean? So the idea of loss is sort of like, in, personally for you, in my experience, drinking and using was like putting myself in the deep freeze. Because feelings was what really scared the shit out of me when I was young. And so my, my mental state's whole strategy was to make what I thought was so real, unreal. Yeah? And part of that was, I'm not going to let any feeling ever sneak up on me. I'm going to have a feeling in place to receive any other feeling. And that feeling is being high. That was my job, and that's what I did. As an action figure, I was defined by that strategy you got to have control somewhere, Paul, in this very abstract, uncontrollable place. That shit happens that you cannot imagine and you can't deal with. So this is going to be your semblance of control. You're going to make yourself feel something, like in a second, to shoot some coke or drink or do something, and you'll have a sense that I have some fucking say here. Yeah? But while that's going on, now, like being an M&M, the chocolate can't get out either, so I'm not letting anything in, but you're not getting out. So when you come into recovery, it's a thawing process. You're thawing, and now you start feeling shit. That was your prime, my prime objective was not to feel that shit. I wanted to feel drugs, but I didn't want to feel any fucking thing else unless that I couldn't have control over. I'm going to just, and I would, was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. That feeling of uncomfortable man was the lack of control. Yeah? So I went through this phase. I had so many deaths. My sister, my brother, my mother, my father, my grandmother. And there was a lot of... I had to go through a lot of grieving that had been delayed and a lot of sadness about this whole place. Yeah? But I wouldn't change it or trade it for anything. Man, because when 
you thaw, you become more verbish. You know, you're like you're you're you're, you're verbing now, like the river. When you throw that ice cube back in, it just becomes its true nature, which is a movement. You know, now it's rivering again, and that's what you're going through. You losing people. It's a drag. I had a, my first very princess in recovery. She went out after 21 years. She was the first woman that, who I had real feelings without being intoxicated. In years, I mean, really felt really a liking for her. We were incapable of having any relationship because we were both screwed the first year and a half, two years, but we was, it was cool. And then she moved on, and then after 21 years, she went out, and now she's been going in and out for six years. She can't fucking get it. It's unbelievable. And I had a, I saw her one night. She called me in a bad state. And I went and saw her. And it was an amazing event to see someone totally taken over that you once saw light coming through. Totally taken over by a parasite. Parasitical movement. Yeah? This is what happens. And then you start feeling again. And man, you just say, this is what I was avoiding my whole life here. Now I feel like unbelievable stuff. Yeah. All day. But it's not you that's feeling it. And you're not the felt. That's the good news. See, the only way I could actually be here was by truly realizing it's not so. If I thought this place was real, I'd be fucking getting loaded. Literally, I would. <laughs> it's fucking unbearable. Literally, if you see what happens with us, <laughs> it's fucking unbearable. But I see it very clearly that it's not so. Yeah. And that's brought me... I finally got out of what I was trying to get out of by realizing I was never in it. That's how it worked for me. That's what I humbly share here. I was trying to get out of it ever since I was like seven or eight. Yeah, with everything. Spirituality, drugs, reading, everything. And I never could transcend because I was trying to transcend an imaginary place. How can you leave an imaginary place? It's impossible. Yeah? I didn't know that until I knew it. Yeah? And once I knew it, I realized it's never not been that the way I'm knowing it. Yeah? At this very minute, I may forget two minutes later, but the recognition was it's never not been this at all times. Yeah? You know what I mean? And then what happens? You get used here. That's been my the favorite thing for this action figure is to be over overridden constantly. <laughs> it's constantly overridden. <laughs> it's little plans and ideas just overridden, and I just get to be used. You know, just like today, some guy sees me at a meeting. This guy, I never met him before. I'd seen him once, and he's looking at me, and I, so I saw the recognition. And then after the meeting, he comes up to me, and I, can I talk to you? And then we have this whole, he tells me this whole situation. He's in. You know, I don't know if someone told him to talk to me or something, but it just happened. And I, I had a so, sort of a plan. i got to get back and get ready for the trip. But I ended up sitting there with him, because that was what's, that was what's that was happening. That was the offer. Yeah. Once you get totally overridden many, many times, it does subdue the mental state. You know, it just fucking realizes, hey, I can't argue with reality. I'm going to lose, and it just sort of tries another strategy, but not, 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 uh, not overt defiance. <laughs> you know, it actually has meta power greater than itself. 
And that's the only thing it ever respects. Yeah? And you are that power. We've just lent all this power to that, which we're not. And it's lording itself over us. Yeah? It's using us for transportation. So, we have to have feelings.